us now. We'll just put it in a journey. And so, in what context is the Lord taking us now? What are we talking about here? Hmm? What are we doing now? What, what's, the, what's happening with us? What is the Lord doing with us now? We started something just, uh, I think, last, last Saturday, right? Did we start something last Saturday? Uh-huh. I'm asking, what is the Lord doing with us? Where has he taken us to now? <laughs> The Lord began something with us last Saturday, right? Good. You know, each team we handle is a phase. It's like a syllabus. Each team that the Lord brings and we begin to handle it and he keeps unfolding himself is a phase. And that phase is not just to get you informed but it's also a spiritual formation taking place at that point in time. So, a team was given us last week. And that team captures what the Lord is doing right now for us men who are ready to key in and follow him like a shepherd. He said, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And so as he's leading us, as we are following him, so as we're following him now, he has taken us to a new phase. And every shepherd, if the sheep is thirsty, he does what? He takes them to where there's what? Water. When they are satisfied, then he takes them to where they will take grass. And he knows different type of grasses at every point in time in the season to take the sheep to their feet. So, what is the Lord doing with us now? Where is he taking us to? Huh? Taking us to greater life. Eh? Greater life in Him. To work strong in spirit. So what the Lord wants us to do now is to work strong in the spirit. Because we have come to now realize that we are now members of his body. We are now in him. We are now people of the spirit. It's no longer debatable. It's no longer something that we have to be to doubt now. Okay, but we must grow in that spirit. Before then, there was a lot of doubt. I'm hardly sure who I am. I'm just trusting God that when the time comes, may he do something with my life. And so many things, you know, so many confusions. But the Lord has taken us to make us understand that we are in a journey from the outer court to the inner court. We have now come to understand that we are now in the inner court. The consciousness of the inner court has been realized now. And so anytime there is any form of negotiation from the contrary forces, to make you compromise your inner court life. There is this deliberate attempt you are making and consciousness to resist getting out again. So there is this inner drive to remain in Christ. For whoever is in Christ is a new creature. 
Now we have come in Christ. We are now in Christ. And so we now possess his nature. We now possess his life. We now possess his spirit. So we are now the in Christ people. Paul now says, if you are in Christ, then walk in Christ. But for you to walk in Christ, for a child to walk, the child has to grow. So you see that at every phase, the Lord is taking us from one level to another level. This was the same thing he did for the disciples. He picked them up and began to train them until at the point they start catching the word. From there they began to grow. And at the point, some certain things crystallize in their hearts and their lives. If we don't grow in the spirit, the gifts of the spirit of God cannot be made manifest. If the gifts manifest before the growth, there will be crisis. And that's what many Christians are suffering. And especially among the Catholics who are charismatics. Watch them. The crisis they suffer much is the fact that they don't grow in the spirit and they find the gifts of the spirit to flame and they start manifesting the gifts. God truly honors their prayers. Yes. The gifts of vision, prophecy, gifts of preaching, healings and all that begin to manifest. But now, it's like loading a child, giving a child, whether as this boy say, give me three million now, say, go and just take care of yourself. Don't even start business. Just go and uh, just spend it. You can imagine what he can do to himself with that money. <laughs> yes. You see the point? He's not mature enough to know how to invest the money and use it well. So all his dreams, you say, ah, I need Indomie, but how many cartons now? Bicycle. Bicycle. Okay, I'll buy three. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> Everything he wants, he will just begin to buy them. <laughs> he likes it, eh? Your daddy says sweet. You know, he will just, ah, daddy, I want to buy this one. I'll buy this one. So, because it overwhelms him. So, that's why priests who don't understand them, they will just hush them down. And because they have had real experience of the gifts, they, can't, they look at you, they say, excuse me, Father, you should understand. And the experience is too deep. But they're immature. And so the priest comes up and then there's a crisis. So then both are they leave. Because what the experience is stronger than the person standing before them. So that's why it is necessary to grow in the spirit. So we've been able to establish that. So the phase we're into right now is that the Lord is waiting to see as many who are ready to keep him and make it a project. It is time for me to grow in the spirit. It's not time to begin to ask God, God, do this for me. No, 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 no. When you grow, certain things you're asking will stop. There were things he asked your parents to do for you in the past that you don't ask them again because you have grown. You have grown. Responsibility has come. There are things you say, Daddy, don't worry, I'll handle it. <laughs> Daddy, don't worry. That man, I will handle him for you. But before then, that guy will threaten you, you will run and go and hold your daddy. Mm-hmm. Yes. So when you grow, you come to maturity and you have wider understanding of things, more knowledge. 
and then you begin to see the strength in you. Oh, now says, I can do all things. I don't need to ask God again. You see, through Christ that strengthens me. He has grown. Before then, he was saying, take away this from me. Take away this stone from me. And the Lord said, my grace in you is sufficient to handle it. I shared with you last Saturday that as we step into this new phase of what God wants to do, you will see that you are, there are certain things you will be asking God to take away from your life. Praying, let this go, let this go. It will not go. You will grow out of it. You will grow out of it and grow into things that you have been expecting and waiting that it comes all these years. So we have come to realize there are things you don't pray about. You grow out of them. If you don't grow, you remain in them. You remain in them. You grow out of fear. Fear does not just depart. You grow out of fear. As the Lord takes you from one vista of understanding to the other, the reasons that are locked up in your mind and soul, that makes you to be scared of things, you begin to see their true color. And the capacity for those things to make you afraid loses its power. And I say, uh-uh, is that all? Then the lie behind that issue that I've been making you to be afraid disappears. There's a saying that fear is what? False evidence about reality. But until you find out that is a false evidence, you will continue to fear that thing. Amen? Amen. So, that's the phase where we are. And I want us to be conscious of it also. I want us to maximize every energy and every effort we make. And as we come, we are in, in sync spiritually with what the Lord is unveiling to us. Very important. Very important. I don't know whether you've been able to come to a point where you now understand after the Lord has unveiled to us his presence in us that now you don't have a nature of your own. That his nature is your nature. His spirit is your spirit. His life now is the life you have now. You have come to terms with that. And they have consequences. On account of his nature, the nature of Jesus is not a rebellious nature. In other words, you have stepped into a new vista where you are going to be walking in righteousness. That you have what it takes now to say sin. You have no dominion over me. I mean, when it comes with this garnishing and alluring elements, you can, you, can, you can put on the veil and see behind the temptation, the mask, the re-picture of the thing behind that element. That's maturity. You have come to understand that your spirit and the spirit of Christ have been worked together. Whoever is joined to the Lord is one and the same spirit with him. On account of that, you are married to the Lord, first and foremost. 
you are now the bride of Christ. And so you will live subsidently to him all the time. He now matters in the affairs of your life. And thirdly, his life is now your life. Whatever he has belongs to you equally. You don't go begging him for things because his life is your life. You only engage that life with regards to all things. His life has given us all things that pertain to this life. To do what? To advance the cause of godliness. These are now the living reality of your life. So you have identified your person in Christ. On account of this, your prayer life has changed. I believe so. You don't go praying the way we prayed before again. When you didn't have this understanding. Paul said, when I was a child, I behaved like a child. But now that I have grown, I'm now a man. I now behave like a man. So that in every prayer you're going to make, the first and foremost is that you say, Father, thank you. <laughs> Father, thank you. Your nature is my nature. Your spirit is my spirit. Your life is my life. On account of this, you start prophesying. You start prophesying. I'm above corruption. I'm above this. I'm above this. Sin has no dominion over me. No rudiments of this world can have power over me. On account of your life, Father, thank you because you have blessed me. And this blessing commands me to have access to all things that pertain to life. Thank you, Lord, because I was thinking I'm here, you are down, you are up there in heaven. But now, I have one and the same spirit with you. Am I a member of the family? And on account of this, you start glorifying God and thanking God. So on this now, from there, you can begin to mention things that you want the Lord to begin to execute, not just for his sake, but for the sake of this pathetic, pathetic dimension of God that dwells in you. But a greater project that gives, makes you to, to give glory to God and thank him is this project of his son in your life. There's no other project that is higher than that. Are you getting me now? This is the greatest project. More than anything you are asking God, this is the greatest testimony. When you hear, you know, the Bible says, and we have conquered him by the worst of our testimony. There are different degrees of testimony. This one I share with you, this is the highest testimony. You get the point? The testimony of the body, the testimony of his nature, spirit, and life in you. Mm-hmm. You know, I have some questions to select from for exams. And uh, I just told the Lord, I know you are in me, so we're going to do this together. So I have, you know, eight questions that were sent by some people. I have to pick five, six. Mm-hmm.
and the, the one he will not say, I will just cancel it and I will delete it. And then, and I was, and this one said, I At the end of it, I see blood. Hey? <laughs> when you grow more in that, you'll be shocked that the details of your life can be directed by the Spirit. The Lord wants us to understand that He's involved with us even to the list of things in our lives. It goes to the point where when you begin to romance more, that's why my first book I ever wrote as a priest is The Divine Romance Redemption. I think you have, you have it now. That's what we we are among, among the first group of people that we share this book here now. You have it, right? The Divine Romance. The one you have is the Body and Blood. It was one who was sold here. Somebody even bought and shared to everybody. Okay, the Body and Blood, right? Okay, I will look for it again. Uh-huh. Some demand. Okay, that one is, uh, is, is, is for prayer. You see, uh, that one is still here. It's prayer manual. It's still here. You know. The better and blood, I was absolutely for it. The manuscript is still with me. You know. And I may just have a second edition of that. You know, so that was when the Lord opened my eyes to this thing. It's like a seed that entered my heart there. I didn't understand it. You see, as you continue to grow in it, it opens up. It's a romance. So as you are. You know, as you begin to work strong in it, you'll be shocked how the how the Lord will be involved in every details of your life. Every time we are the ones making thinking that it should be official. We keep thinking we are alone and he's there. That's the problem. You are what about divorcing him, as it were. And where do we do where do we do the divorce in our minds? So that is why you must make a conscious connection. Okay? You must make a conscious connection every day. That is part of the growth. You must find ways to always get connected consciously. I was sharing with some people a few days ago about how to do because somebody was asking for some kind of you know. Uh, uh, guidance on this. I said, you can decide to be making a short prayer every one hour. Do it for the next two, three, two to three months. Every one hour, set your clock. Every one hour, something happens, make a short prayer in your heart. If you do that for one week, you'll be shocked in your sleep. When it is an hour, your spirit will repeat that. Some are too busy that they may not be able to have that time because of the nature of their job or whatever. Then you can now key into the eight gates of time. Twelve o'clock, you must do a prayer. Three o'clock, you must do a prayer. Six o'clock, you must do a prayer. Nine o'clock, you must do a prayer. Even at night, it means you can be able to sleep for complete six hours again. At every three hours, you must wake up. This is how you provoke growth. And it has its own implications for our life. So, so when you do that consistently for a while, one week, two weeks, three weeks, before it, it becomes a habit, and you continue it, and the Lord will say, wow, because of me, you are consistently doing this. Just in a relationship, you can imagine when somebody is constantly sending you, you know, messages, 
bombarding with messages, telling you all kinds of things and all that. You can imagine how it provokes connection. So this is very, very crucial. We must grow. We must grow. We must grow. Very important. Amen. Amen. So waxing strong in the spirit. Waxing strong in the spirit is a necessary connection. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Who wants to share that I forgot. Okay. <laughs> Somebody say, why remind, why remind me, Father? <laughs> you do do it. <laughs> Somebody has has exposed all that. Okay, so we're going to handle it now. So what's the assignment again? The seven I am of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Who did it? You, you tried, eh? You did it? Okay. How many of them? Okay, each of them, how many times did he say it? Oh, please identify identify uh, the seven of them. The seven of them. Number one? So you did it, right? I did. The bread of life. I am the bread of life. Bread of life. Okay. I am the light of the world. The light of the world. Bread. Life. Mm-hmm. I am the door. The door or the gate. John 10, 9. Mm-hmm. I am the good shepherd. Good shepherd. John 10, 11 and 14. Mm-hmm. I am the resurrection and life. Okay. Resurrection and life. Mm-hmm. I am the way, the truth and life. Mm-hmm. John 14, 6. Mm-hmm. I am the vine. John 15, 1. Is that 6 or 7? Seven. 7. Who else did it again? You. Jesus did not say it. It was the Father who said it. Okay, the one Jesus. Uh, the one we're talking about is Jesus Himself. Okay. Uh-huh. There are seven of them. New yeah, New Okay, you. Now we were able to identify how many times He said it. Okay. How many times? Five times. Sorry, when you say New Testament, you know, in the whole of the New Testament, it's only yes. once. Yes, only once. John, John Old Testament? No. I am the door. No, calm down, calm down, calm down. Who said? Who said I am this? I'm the son of God. Jesus. Uh huh. Who said it? It's Jesus. Mm-hmm. That in Old Testament. One, please, I'm not. 
Mm-hmm. Now, where he said, I am the door, Jesus said this in the New Testament. It is not, it's not in Old Testament. So, which one are you saying that you got in Old Testament? I am the Son of God. Is it Jesus that said it? Oh, okay. From which book of the Bible is that? I am the Son of God. No, 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 I know. I mean, which book of the Bible? Is it? Okay, okay, okay. I understand. Maybe we be having some little problem here. Now, what we are trying to identify is the very words of Jesus in the New Testament. Yes, not old. Uh-huh. But we know that some of the things that I am, we have also other I am in the Old Testament. I'm the Lord thy healer. I'm the Lord thy great provider. I am whom I am. Okay? Uh-huh. So, but the point there is to reveal to us Jesus' own consciousness about his identity and how it implicates the world around him. Are we getting it now? Just like the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. The weakness is not inside his spirit. It's in his body and in his world. But he said, let the person who feels weak say, I am strong. He's speaking from the economy of the spirit that is strong. This is one dimension of the growth we're talking about. You must assert consistently who you are in Christ. And this is how you engage this as a tool of warfare. Because the first thing the devil attacks is your identity. And when he dislodges your identity, then he will accuse you and say you have no, you don't have right to have anything. So when you come and you want to say, in the name of Jesus, I am blessed, he say, who are you? He say, who are you? And once you begin to have issue with your identity, he has destabilized you. Your faith goes down. So he has made you to be weak in your stand on your identity. Because your identity is what makes you come boldly into God's presence. For say, come boldly into God's presence to receive what? Grace and mercy in the time of need. So, if you say, ah, Father, in the name of Jesus, I decree. He will say, who are you to decree? What platform are you operating from to decree? And why should God listen to you? You know, say, God, I'm just decreeing because you say we should decree. You are the one who will do it. <laughs> you see, you are now trying to, you know, you are struggling to see relevant to what you have said. And your faith will go down. But if you already know your superstructure, that I am the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 30 says, we are members of his body, members of his flesh, members of his bones. He is not talking about immortal body. He is talking about the mortal body of Christ. We are members of his body. Okay, you may say, ah, body of Christ, church. 
members of his flesh. Okay, I receive the communion. Members of his bone. That strikes that you are actually physically the member of the very body of Christ. So that is your foundation. That is your superstructure. So that when you speak, it is not you who speaks. It is the Christ in you that speaks. He only exercises himself through your mouth. <laughs> Amen. Do you get this now? Yes. Begin to exercise it, your prayer. Begin to exercise it in your prayer. He said, as the Father has loved me, so he has equally loved you. Because there's something of me that is in you. So when the Father sees you, he doesn't see you, he sees the superstructure. Who is the superstructure here? It's Jesus. For see, it's no longer I who live. It is Christ that lives in me. The life I live now, I live in the faith of the Son of God who loved me and died for me. So, me as a person, I'm not inconsequential. The real person now is the Christ that is structured in me. So, you need to be Christ conscious all the time. You've been impregnated with Christ. If you go to do some violence to your mind that keeps telling you he's not there, you are, you are not, uh, are not uh, uh, Justina, you are Justina, you are no Christ. Where is he? Look at if his Christ is there. Why is this happening like this? You see, he uses the outside to attack your identity. The same thing with Christ. You see, if you are the son of God, when everybody heard it, when he was baptized, the Bible said, heaven God opened. God spoke from heaven. I'm sure the whole earth heard that voice. This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. And the spirit confirmed it. Forty days after, a month and ten days. If you are the son of God, what does that mean? What does that mean? Uh-huh. Prove it to me. The son of God. And the proof, what I had, I don't take. Make these stones to come loaves of bread. And then after after all, after I have seen it, you can eat it. Because you're hungry. Prove to me. The devil wants you to prove to him. And he will pull it, he'll be pushing you around to do things to prove. And you think if the devil questioned Jesus to prove himself. Then he will think he won't attack your mind. When you begin to have this conception in your mind that you are a child of God, he will go to the kitchen and cause fire break and say, I think you said you are a child of God. Where was God when the fire started? He said, My God, why? Why, God? He might say, Hey, but you said you are the son of God. He will strike something that is so dear to you and say, but you say you are a child of God. Your God should have covered all these things. And all is to stay you to go back and fall again into the normal life. Oh God, I'm here, you are there. Don't do something for me. Because he doesn't want you to grow. 
He wants to remain in a level where he can play around your game. But he comes and cuts the fire break. He says, fire, fire. He says, hey, you come. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Yes, it's a choice you can make. But we like the elemental lifestyle. <laughs> As if after crying, the thing will be restored. So why waste the energy there? I'm a human being. You're not a human being again. Know it. Yes. We are no longer ordinary human beings. There is something that has come into our lives that have made us to be different. And if we don't accept this truth, we will continue to suffer the brutality of the satanic forces. Christians want to be children every day, beggarly, waiting for things to happen. Waiting for God to come down from heaven and start doing things. And that's why the devil brandishes himself as the, as the major guy. He visits people, harass them, take away their legitimate rights, knock them on the head, take away their destiny, determine when they will die. Amen. You have to be strong, go. You have to be strong. He will question your identity. If you are a son of God, if you are a child of God, if the nature of Christ is in you, why is this pain here? <laughs> if you are a child of God, why are you afraid? I think your spirit and the spirit of Jesus is one. Something happens. <laughs> that voice will just speak. He creates that scenery. And watch your reaction. And then as you are reacting, he, he, pl- he plants the, the, the seed of that evil thought. If you are a child of God, why are you afraid? Then the other you see, after all, you are a mere human being. He has derobed you of your identity. Let me tell you, every battle you will see in life. Whether you are a loser or a winner, all happens in your mind first. If the devil don't win you in your mind, there's no way physically you will manifest. Because your mind is your estate. Your real estate is not the physical world. Your mind is your real estate. As a man thinks, he is. If he cannot, if he cannot demote in your mind, no matter what he does physically, it cannot work because the mind is the channel to which he has to operate from. So that's why he attacks your mind with fear first, with unbelief, with ignorance, with worldliness. So according your mind is saturated with this, and I say, yes, this guy cannot print what I have loaded his mind with. That's why the Bible says, guard your mind, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it issues what? The things of life and of death. That death you're afraid of will start from your mind. That life you're looking for will start from your mind. And the voice of your mind, eh? the voice of your words is the voice of your mind. So that is why be very careful what you say because whatever you say is what you endorse in the world of your mind. So the child Jesus, the Bible says, grew. 
So the reason why I ask you to identify the seven I am's of Jesus is that he insisted on who he is. He is the light of the world, but people rejected him. (laughs) But he continued. He is the good shepherd. Still, the devil went and poached, poached Peter and Judas. You see, just to discredit his profile. I'm the resurrection and the life. Yes. And they kill you. They say, oh yeah, rise up now. Oh yeah, come down and save us. You said it. Do you know how many times the devil has robbed you of crucial things in your mind because you want to you want to play cool from the time of John the Baptist. The kingdom of God suffered violence. And that violence is in your mind. So that's why you have to arm your mind with the word of God. You have to learn to allow the language of scriptures dominate your mind. That's where the first growth begins. Fight to keep your identity. Insist on who God says you are, irrespective of your circumstances and situations. Don't ever allow the report of your environment, the report of the world, to be the report of your heart. The world will say you are dying tomorrow based on their own reports and their own assessment in your heart. Don't believe it. John said, even though we believe the report of men, the report of God is greater. There's something about the report of God that makes it greater than the report of men. Sometimes in the world of ours, they say, believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. No matter the situation, believe in yourself. They will tell you, don't lose hope. As long as you know who you are and insist on who you are, as time goes on, that you that is in you will come out. And they say, you don't mean it? You mean this person finally became this? That you lost at one time does not mean you are a loser. You only discover one way the thing you are out for never worked. So if you are going to try again, you will try through another angle. And so gradually you are doing what they call elimination method. And you are cutting all at a point. You now do it the right way that will make the right things to happen. So fight to keep your identity. So when Jesus grew and worked strong, he grew to everly remind himself, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. He kept retreating his profile. They would despise him. He would scream from the back of the synagogue, I'm the light of the world. 
Whoever follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And they will hear his voice. Someone will follow him. Then when he go out, he start talking, start preaching, start preaching. Then someone will believe in him. Then those who are sick will come, he will heal them. Don't allow the devil to rob you of your identity in Christ Jesus. You have an identity in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. So John and Jesus in Luke chapter 1 verse 80 and Luke chapter 2 verse 40, they all grew and worked strong in the spirit. And last time we read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 13. For by one spirit we were all baptized. One spirit. We were all baptized. Baptizo. We're immersed into one spirit. And when we're immersed into that spirit, baptism means to immerse something completely until the thing is completely soaked. You see, having all been made to drink of that same spirit. So we're immersed into the spirit, we're made to drink from the spirit. So everything about you and I now is what? Spirit of Christ. Outside of us is spirit. Inside of us is spirit. What a wonderful picture. My life is garnished by the Spirit. Inside and outside. So I live in the ambience of the Spirit now. This is our faith. This is our faith. This is our faith. This is our faith. So we are in the world. We are not of the world. We are of the Spirit of Christ. So we have all been made to drink into one spirit. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That same 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, now says, Now you are the body of Christ. Having been immersed both internally and externally, you are now. He didn't say you are going to be. He said you are now the body of Christ. Say, I'm the body of Christ. Was it this word that we said last time? We closed our eyes and we repeated it overly, overly? Or was it on Sunday? We said, okay, don't mind me. <laughs> Say, I'm the body of Christ. Do you know you can make this, we can make this a prayer project for the next one week. You see, one of the ways you grow in the spirit is cut down all this your intention. Cut down all this long list of prayer. God knows this, your troubles, before even you say them. But you are not emphasizing the weightier matters of life. You are going for the peripheries. So leave all those things. Don't be telling, Father, I thank you, I'm the body of Christ. I thank you, I'm the body of Christ. By that sentence, you are saying so many things in one word. It has implications. I thank you, I'm the body of Christ. I thank you, Father, I'm the body of Christ. Father, I glorify you, I'm the body of Christ. Thank you for counting me worthy to be a member of the body of Christ. You are saying this every day, every minute, every second. You are driving, you are saying it. You are in the market, you are going to the market, you are saying it. Father, I thank you, I'm the body of Christ. My body is the body of Christ. Body, Christ's body is my body. 
and you keep thanking God, keep thanking God until you activate a consciousness inside. Leave all the troubles of this world. So say each day carries his own uh, troubles. You worry about this one, you think about this one, the devil will use it as a channel to invade the chambers of your soul and begin to sow worry, begin to sow anxiety, begin to sow depression, begin to sow insomnia, and you will see yourself stretching yourself to beyond limits. And at the end, you will just tear yourself to pieces without achieving anything. He said, have you ever worried to the point where it restored one of your hairs? <laughs> so why yield yourself to hosting worries? Say, I'm the body of Christ. It's also an act of discipline, you know that? The devil can say, that your that business contract. It is failing. No, pray about it. Pray about it. So as you can stop praying, saying this with prayer you are saying now. Pray about that problem. Pray about it. Pray about it. You were meant to be saying, I'm the body of Christ. I'm the body of Christ. He will be reminding you to start praying about peripheries. The other person they say, mm, Father, it is true. Father, in the name of Jesus, this business, we know, Lord, how far I have come. I, I, I'm asking you, Lord, may you... You are telling God he knows the business more than you. Tell the devil, you don't give me prayer intentions. I'm teaching some secrets here that many Christians don't have. And they keep running from pillar to post. And they are getting worse every day. I tell you. People are deteriorating their faith every day. Go to shop and see how Christians are finishing themselves. It's a sign of confusion. There was an era this happened in the 1800s. And the church was both the Catholics and the Christians, all of them were having all kinds of crises. One man stood and said he will only teach the real word of God. At the end of it all, all other ministry collapsed and died off. Only his own stood the test of time for 75 years. He died a few years ago. Jesus said, make disciples. So, yes, sir. Now, those are parts of that is ask, we shall be doing. See, only find, not Now, you mentioned three categories here. Hmm? Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, what's the definition of thinking of within the body of Christ? How did you arrive? Okay. <laughs> you see, that's why when I, was, when I was explaining this, I went back a little bit. Because I know we always have issues with that one. And you see me every time I'm returning back to it. When you are a member of the body of Christ, it means now you are a possessor of his nature. Is that agreed? 
that the nature you have now, since you believed in Christ and was baptized, is no longer the nature your father and your mother transmitted to you. There have been a spiritual infusion that was implanted into you. And that nature now is the nature of Christ. The point now is, can you come to terms with it? Can you agree with it now? Or are you seeing it as, you know, I don't know why, I don't know why you're getting my point here. Is the first that acknowledgement. If you don't acknowledge, you are still rejecting him. The Holy Spirit is every day moving around looking for men and women who will come to this understanding mm-hmm. that Christ has given himself and men and women have now received him and have this understanding that they have been a crystallization. It's called rebirth. So if you now acknowledge that now the nature of you now is not just the human nature again, but your human nature have received a touch of divinity. Now, let us work on that now. Are we there now? Are you there? Good. And you will have to not just, it's not like you agree with it. It's that you accept it and believe it. Real. It has to be on real time. Real time belief. That no matter what I will come and tell you, he says, Excuse me, you don't understand. This body has seen, there is something about it that you're not seeing. You have to come to that point of conviction. And tell everything around you that now you have the very nature of Jesus. That's one. Secondly, that the life that is running in you now is not just your ordinary life. That a new type of life has been infused into you. Last week, I was trying to explain this. I said, you have a phone. They tell you there's an update. This one is uh, 10.2. Now there's 10.10. And that 10.10 is a higher capacity in a program. That once you install it, the old one disappears. The new one is installed. The phone is still the same phone, but there's a new operating system. So when you now take the phone and you want to do things that only 10.10 can do, the phone will take it. Bring that same phone and that time. They are not up the upgrade. If you try to carry out the activities you are doing with 10.10, to tell you sorry, it doesn't have the required operating system. So what has happened to the first phone is that it has been installed. The phone has accepted it. That's why when you download it, it says install. Install, it now reconfigure itself. And matter of fact, when you're doing it, the phone goes, it shuts down first. That means the phone has died. The old system has died. 
Then the new ones start running. We carry the system now up with the new capacity. Now it means that phone has been upgraded. That what happened to you. Jesus said that when he died, your old operating system that is weak, that is a sinner, that loves sin and should go to hell, condemned to death, has died. He created you. If they, if Samsung can stay in, not is it Korea, eh? and send a system to update my phone in Nigeria, God in heaven can stay there. And as long as you accept the system, you believe. So on account of that, he has also updated your life. So the life you have now is no longer the one your mommy and daddy gave you when they gave it to you. There's a new system of life. The same thing with your spirit. Your spirit before was the only spirit. But now there's been an infusion of the spirit of Christ. I'm coming. Now, when this becomes a living reality of faith in your heart, so that you don't see yourself as ordinary me again, and it becomes your consciousness. To the degree of your disposition, the Holy Ghost comes and says, Finally, someone has accepted this gift. There's a confirmment that comes for you. What we call confirmation. That's it. In the Catholic we do it in bodies that become amazing. The Holy Ghost confirms it, bam! With the light of the Holy Spirit, He gives you a mark. Now, what it means that because you now carry His nature, carry His life, carry His spirit, your body now is the body of Christ. And then a member of His body, member of His flesh, member of His bones. Because your body is used to the old system, it will resist. That's the battle of faith. You see, and you see yourself say, I'm weak. You're not weak. Let the weak say, I am strong. The new system is the strength system. David said, The Lord is my light and my help. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. So you must acknowledge the new IOS called Jesus Christ of Nazareth living in you now. Christ in you now is the hope of glory. You will be so convinced about it that nothing on earth can make you deny its reality. It must be your faith crowned with boldness, with testimony. It becomes like a a, a furnace burning in you. Your conviction is so strong about it that no matter what happens externally, you still believe. Christ is in me. It becomes the final arbiter to the affairs of life. In everything. They say they will kill you. You say, sorry. You are not seeing yourself as that person again. You are seeing yourself from who you are in Christ. Now, when this is fully conceived in your heart, you are now a moving body of Christ. So each time you say, I'm the body of Christ, it means that the elements of life 
that is holding others down and destroying them, when they come to you, they can't touch you. You have been upgraded above the corruption in this world. So, I may have this now. There's a cancer on my leg. Why are you afraid? <laughs> I said there's a cancer on my leg. Say, <laughs> now, there's a cancer on my leg. And then they say, ah, I'm going to die. Listen. In this warfare, you are alone. Learn it, you are alone. It's a battle of soul to soul. If you, are a, if you are not a man in the heart, you can't be a Christian. Christianity is not for lazy people who, are, who have lack mental stamina. Christianity is for people who are ready to be men and fighters. There's a violence that must clothe your life. They are too soft. They will eat you up like rag. There's a cast on my leg. They say, I'm dying. No problem. They'll take me to the hospital. They are treating me. When I'm alone, I lock my door. I begin to engage the nature of Christ. In the name of Jesus, you carry me here. The way you came, you will go. I can spend the next four hours saying the same thing. That's the battle of faith. The more he's eating, the more... If I, if I do not give up, that thing can kill me. If I don't give up, if I don't say, ah... You have given up. And the Bible says, anyone whose soul gives up does not deserve my blessing. So you must fight. That's why you have those who fought and fought until they died. They refuse to yield. Paul said, don't allow sin to have dominion over you. Because what gives birth to sickness is sin. Sin is sickness to the soul. Sickness is sin to the body. I don't think you've got to watch it now. You are pushing me to begin to bring out some files that are so difficult to handle. <laughs> That's why I say, eh? Anyone who so withdraws from this is not worthy of my glory. Paul said, have you fought to the point of shedding blood? You have to keep resisting and say, healing is in my body. Cancer, you can't remain there. That's why when you are sick, don't go and cover yourself in your blanket and be shaking and be waiting for people to come and be telling you, sorry, sorry, sorry. And you will bring a book and be handing the nose of those who come and give you. You are wasting your time. <laughs> you are wasting your time. Can you imagine? I've been sick for one month now. All these people I want to see in the Bible study, none of them even called me. Look at you. And they say they know the word of God. Even that father said he did not even care to ask about me. Imagine. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yes, in as much as we are supposed to be there for each other, but that should not be a factor. You have grown above that emotional jiggy uh, jiggy, you know? No, 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 no. You don't live for people. Come to see and say, sorry, we didn't heal you. They're even disturbing yourself. Lock your door. Pray to your father. Say, Daddy, it is a battle. And you gave me victory. Sin, where is your power? Sin, where is your sting? This sting must go. Jesus conquered you. 
In the name of Jesus, you can stay. The Bible says, healing is for God's people. My leg begin to heal. As I pray, you are not praying from, I'm not praying from Father Vincent. I'm praying from the office of the nature of Christ. That nature I carry, carries an anointing. And as you pray, you are like putting your anointing on that hot seat. And he's pressing the oil to come out. The more you pray, the more the anointing comes out. And as it comes, you start doing what? Silent. Keep praying. You're not saying anything. See, we are, we don't, we don't, we are not moved by sight. It will be deteriorating. Say, if you like, let the leg cut. God will bring the spare one in heaven. Don't give up. Don't give up. When the devil brings reason for you to give up, give him another reason not to give up. And heaven is watching you. Michael is watching. Gabriel is watching. Let us see. There's a level you will reach. They say, no. This one has proved herself. They will come and give you six legs. <laughs> they will go to a profile in heaven and say, yes. Please give her the rank. She has proved her worth. We waited to see whether you will give up. Because when you give up, it shows where you're so good. Don't give in. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't give up. Stop crying. Stop pitying yourself. You don't pity yourself. God is only giving you opportunity to rise up like a daughter, like a son, like Deborah, who fought from heaven. There is a battle. The Bible says Deborah fought from heaven. How did she fight from heaven? Come on. She identified herself as a daughter of Zion, but flesh on earth. They read the water was in heaven, but her body was here. She fought from heaven. And they say the stars fought with her. Don't say, see, this fear, this say, you are making yourself cheap. There's a ruggedity. That this superstructure introduces into you. I used to be very feeble. People who know me, very feeble. I will, I'm shy. I'm feeble. I, I don't talk in public. If you ask me to come and talk in public, my legs will start sweating as if I'm inside River Niger. <laughs> Tension. I like to be alone. But when I began to grow in the law, the Bible said, go out to the whole world. I said, hey. Then things started coming, started coming, started coming. The Lord said, we don't withdraw. We advance. You stand erect, shoulder high. You wear yourself and know your substance. You see, there's what, is, there's what they call the elementary faith. I believe, I believe. I believe in one God, I have faith. I have faith in Catholic Church. I have faith in Christ. We have it. But when trouble comes, God, I'm trusting you. No, when you say I'm trusting God, that's not fair to That is unbelief with religious garment. Now the Bible, the Bible says, faith is a substance. Is a substance. So it's a matter. 
It's concrete reality. So when I ask you, you have faith, you say yes. It means you have a substance. And I ask you, show me your substance. That substance is your superstructure. What is your superstructure? Jesus. His nature. His life. His spirit that is in you now, deposit that the Holy Ghost, the way he crystallized Jesus in the womb of Mary, has crystallized it in your own body. If you have met Mary that day after the angel left and the Holy Ghost came, will you see her pregnant? But something has happened. The same way, the same day you gave your life to Jesus, that same Holy Spirit came and did the same job he did with Mary. But now, no longer just in your womb, he invaded your nature, he invaded your life, he invaded your spirit with the one of the master. That guy said, when he comes, he will take what is of me and give it to you. Now the thing has been given. Why are you shining? Why do you still behave as if you did not receive something? Colossians chapter 2 verse 19. Can somebody read it for me? <laughs> If you had got this, you'll be so excited and say, wow, is that the thing? You will start celebrating that you have received something. But if I give you a key of a brand new... Which one, mommy? Which one do you like now? Uh, Range Rover. Range Rover. 219. Read, let's see. Okay, start from verse, verse, from verse 18. Now, I want you to listen to what Paul is trying to say here. He's trying to hit a, a very strong chord here. Go ahead. Let no one you of your reward. Of your what? Of your reward. So, do you have a reward for believing? Yes. I'm asking a question. Do you have, a, you have, do you have reward for believing in Christ Jesus? Yes. And what's that reward? Mention them. In the, mention the superstructure. The spirit, the life. So anytime I say superstructure, you should just know that's your foundation. The bone, the, 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 the nature, the life, and the spirit. That's the, your superstructure spiritually that God has given to you the day you believed. And the Holy Spirit confirmed it by empowering you to make it your own possession. So it's no longer... God gave it to you, it belongs to God. It's now your own personal property. Hiya. Oh my God. It's clear. It's clear. The Holy Spirit, he says, the Father gave me Jesus. Not for to return it to Now, I've come to tell you it is your own property. That is you now. I tell you, this is the greatest well, more than the oil wells of Saudi Arabia, down to the gold mines of South Africa, to anything you can think of. Paul said, this is the treasure. This deposit is the treasure. Get this very important. This is the treasure. From this treasure, every other human treasure has its root. That's why as you grow in it, it will give you money. It will give you name. It will give you grace. It will give you everything. Peace. Peace. 
is a treasure. Now, Paul noticed that some people in Colossus are getting confused. People come and tell them, this year I believe it doesn't work. Oh. Don't mind them, they are confusing you. Then Paul now wrote and said something. Go ahead now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, let me take it step by step. So I'm telling you, no, no, no. You see, you need to be just be humble. God will see your humility and bless you. God is a God who sees humble people. He raises the humble and brings down the proud. They make it a spirituality. And for them, their own humility is a um, body demonstration. They will retire your cover. Eh? And when they receive, uh, wait, I'm coming, I'm coming. And they receive communion and do what? They turn their head. And move me like this. When you see them, say, hey, this person is holy. But inside, hmm, if they strike you, have you seen people who are moving like this and by mistake you match your leg right after communion? <laughs> they will use eyes. <laughs> but their hands are still like this. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> Jesus said, by their fruit, you shall know them. <laughs> you see? Or what again? I worship of angels. Worship of angels. And uh, this is how the. Uh, 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 There's this time, one time they want song, and uh, Jamaican. Uh, uh, one time. Every time. There was one time, everywhere, market, market, market. And the market like this is, this is why the church they were using it. They will call Christ. Everything is a Kijamaikel. Everything is a Kijamaikel. They want to do good to a Kijamaikel. Everything is a Kijamaikel. Where is Christ? Okay, start from 60. Let's see. Let's see what's happening there. So let no one judge you in food or in drink. Uh-huh. Or regarding a festival. Uh-huh. Or you see. New wait, wait. You see now. You see how the gospel is attacking our culture. Yes. And uh, this is a new yam festival. So you can't eat yam before that time. And Christians believe this trash. That if you eat yam before then. Uh, they will. Uh, you see? And they even celebrate it and bring it inside the church. I said su- that is a good news. I told you that the substance is who? Faith is a substance of things hoped for. What is what, the substance here? Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. His life, his nature, his, his spirit. You have gotten the reality. So why the shadows again? Now, each time you honor the shadows, you 
you fight against yourself. This is one of the law of the spirit that many Christians don't understand. You fight against yourself, and the Bible says any house divided against itself cannot stand. So on your own, you have already destabilized yourself. Okay? So now continue. Mm-hmm. Verse uh, 18. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, fleshly mind, not spiritually mind. Okay, go ahead. And not holding fast to the head. Good. And not holding fast to the head. Who is the head? Christ. Now, there's a reason why that point is being made. So now, hold on to the head that is in you, his nature, his life, and his spirit. Hold on to that his nature. Then something is happening inside. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Grow with the increase that is from God. Grow with the increase that is from where? From God. <laughs> Hold on to the head. The devil will tell you, where is it? Hold on to the head. Circumstances will come. Hold on to the head. Just hold on to the head. Insist that you have his nature. His nature is your nature. His life is your life. His spirit is your spirit. And on account of it, anything that violates and is not consistent with his spirit and life and nature cannot remain with you. That's the battle of faith. So when circumstances rise, you judge and assess and discern. Is it consistent with the life? No. Don't accept it. This circumstance will come up. This situation comes. Is it consistent with my spirit? No. Don't accept it. If once it's consistent, you accept it. That's how you design the will of God. Now you may say, but Father, I have tried, it didn't work. Can you truly engage God and it won't work? And the problem is that sometimes we want to, sometimes we expect that it happens immediately. Sometimes you act, it happens immediately. On no occasion, it lingers. That does not mean that God has not acted. God only, at that point, is working out something which you are not seeing. Why did God wait for three days for Christ to be resurrected? After they confirmed him dead, as they buried him, why not the first day? Why not the second day? I know. I was saying, why must it be three days? I like that. <laughs> Which you couldn't take care of the first day, second day. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not that. It's, it's not that. So, but sometimes God allows us to linger for a purpose, according to His own design. That's why the Holy Ghost comes and plants in you patience and long suffering. He gives you capacity to wait. Not wait in hopelessness, but waiting in hopefulness. The Bible says we have the living hope. You don't know as a believer, your type of hope is different from the hope of the people of the world. That one is a dead hope with no end. That one is a living hope. A hope that is alive, that can never fail. 
Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says the love of God has been poured into our hearts. And that love is actually what brought about his nature, his spirit and life into you. And he said, Romans chapter 5 verse 5. And he said that love cannot disappoint us. Let's look at it. Romans chapter 5 verse 5. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Are we there? Romans chapter 5. Can I read from verse 4 to 5? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Start from verse three. Go ahead. We glory in what? <clears throat> did you hear that? We glory in what? Did you read? It? Did you read it in your Bible now? We glory in tribulations. <laughs> Yo, wait, wait, wait. We need to allow it and sink. Wait, wait, calm down. James said, Count to joy when all kinds of diverse tests and temptation comes your way. It's a promotion. I tell you, it's a promotion. Yes. 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 When things rise against you, and you know very well in your spirit, there is nothing. Of you that cost it. He says celebrate. Because the devil has seen that something awaits you. And now he wants to destabilize you. So that you can have a wrong disposition. That will catapult that in further. From you. So we, we so so we must come to understand this. Are we together here? We must come to understand this. You are a Christian. There's a life given to you. It's not just any kind of life. See, you have to learn to distinguish yourself. That the life you carry is not the same thing. If your father is an unbeliever, you are not having the same life with him. So there's a limit you can respect the things he asks you to do. If he's asked me to do something that is not consistent with that nature I'm carrying, I cannot. I'm in a new dispensation. If he brings you to a fellowship that is not consistent with his life, with a gentleman's, you know, attitude, I will tell him, sorry, he's not in sync with my life. You have to let to define and place yourself where you are. If you cannot honor it, God says, I cannot honor you. Yes. The basic Christian life of today is shattered. People just think that Christianity is go to church. Make God your, your supplier of all goods. And they just make God a material God who supplies their needs. And when they want, they say, God, I told God to do this for me. They forget that the greater part which is God's investment in your life to bring you to his class. And when that's achieved, everyone will be added unto it. Seek first the kingdom of God and all that goes with it. Very important. Every day when I pray, when I pray for nations, the Lord will say, my son, are you seeing what is happening? 
And the more he shows me, I'm a very critical person. Very critical, if you have understood me. I'm a very critical person. I subject everything to some level of rationality. I try to squeeze it with reason first. And the Lord knows that I'm like that. So once he, he brings something to my spirit, and I'm trying to subject it to critical thinking, he says, I know where you're, you are, you are, I know what is your soft spot. He will just say, go to the Bible. Once he shows me there, yeah. because once I see it there, He took me and showed me, said, there are people who think that material gain, increase in material gain is godliness. You see, people of, people of such, you say, withdraw yourself. I say, what? In as much as his life has given you access to all things, to advance godliness, at the same time, don't see increase in material things as godliness. But that is the ideology of today. God has blessed me. God has favored me. Can you see houses? Can you see cars? Praise the Lord. I have a testimony. The Lord has blessed me with two houses, two cars, two this, and they are screaming. But go and find out the superstructure of this person. Zero. Now you know what is superstructure, right? Yes. Eh? yes. Because that superstructure, by that superstructure, you have been made a city in the realm of the spirit. So when you move from here, when you transit this life, you will see yourself, you will see what God has invested in you. You will be so shocked that when you compare yourself and the life you live in the world, it's so beat your mind. And you say, you mean I have been like this all these years, but now this mud is covering me. Then when you come there, on account of God's investment you have in you, and to the degree at which you have been able to acknowledge it and engage it in the affairs of life here, your glory expands and increases. Now, when you appear there, and it is now made manifest, you will see, Paul say, what no eyes are seen. You know the guy, he entered into the heavens. He saw things there that others did not see. He came down, he tried to write it here, say, hey, things are not the way it is any longer. There is greatness on that side. You see, what no eyes have seen, no ear have heard, no heart has conceived is what God has kept for those who love him. That is inside you now. But you are here. And you are making yourself as nobody. And the devil is whipping you just because you have nothing to brandish in this realm of life. You say you are nobody. Lazarus died. They said entourage of angels led him to Abraham's bosom. But he died in miserable manner. Be careful. Be careful. So when I read that, the spirit pulled my spirit and said, what this? Because that is the truncated gospel I didn't preach today. Where when you have increase in material things, they say you are also increasing in godliness. He said, of such, he said, you should withdraw yourself. But that does not mean that God cannot clothe you with superabundance. But when you are clothed with that superabundance, you know very well that your superabundance is never godliness. 
It is rubbish in the eyes of God. So the devil cannot use to snare your soul. So he retakes it. Because that is the zone terrain. He can burn your house. That thing you see as a goldness, if he clamps on it and he happens to say, devil, I know you're the one who did it. Praise the Lord. You are concerned with the superstructure. Because that's the restructure. He said, don't be afraid of those who only kill the body but cannot kill the soul, where you have the greatest investment. But be afraid of those who can keep both the body and the soul and take it to hell. Meaning, both the superstructure and everything will be destroyed. Are you getting wisdom? This is who you are. This is your true picture. Be proud of who you are. Allow this to determine the way you walk. Don't just walk anyhow. Don't just walk out. Stop walking. Walk. Walk. Let your steps demonstrate the content you carry. No human being should intimidate you. You dress and come out. You're not dressing just to make men see you or women to see you. You are dressing both that heaven can see who you are. There's a value attached to your life. Jesus said you want more than hundreds of sparrows. Your value is not material. These things, here we go. There's something more. Too loaded to be useless. No, you are too loaded. Money is not your value. Money will come to serve you because you are more than money. Until you understand that, you will not walk in glory. If money is far, tell money you will go and come back because there's something in me that controls you. What is the spirit? You don't know. If money is not a spirit, why are all these people killing themselves and entering all kinds of demonic powers to get money? The moment you begin to honor and live in the economy of the superstructure every day, that system will provoke things to come your way you will see them flowing around you. You will never be in lack. You may not have too much to go and be wasting because there's no need for that. But you will never lack. The basic elements of life, God will always work it out for you. Because you have honored the more important thing in life, which is the superstructure. His nature. His spirit. His life. He will give you even more. The more you grow in that realm, the more this one follows. That was John said, I wish that you prosper in all things, even as your soul prospers in the superstructure. Honor the superstructure. Celebrate the superstructure. Be conscious of the superstructure. God has banked in you. You are more than CBN. When God is to weigh you now, the money in CBN cannot buy a, 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 an aspect of you. He said, Jesus said, what can a man give in exchange for his soul? What can man give? The whole world cannot buy one soul. This is the understanding. The Bible says, this is the wisdom of the just. There is a wisdom God has packaged for those who have been justified. Those who have come to terms with this reality. This is the wisdom that governs them. We don't pursue things. The more you pursue the superstructure to honor it every day, let me tell you. The more you honor the superstructure 
And on account of the superstructure, you shut down the spirit of anger. You shut down the spirit of lust. You shut down all this that try to find expression through you consistently. And on account of the superstructure, you will sleep all of a sudden. Something taps you. You wake up and start honoring the superstructure. Both in his word, in prayer, in praises. The more attention you give to it, the more attention it gives to the things you need here. But what the devil does, he will distract you from looking inside and make you to look outside. Make you to be running from pillar to post. Go here, he says, ah. You keep running and running until you run yourself out. And see at the end, you ask yourself, I have been running. But what am I, you see, they, they, some have captured it, you know, all these uh, Pentecostals, when they want to use it and capture man, they say, you walk like an elephant, but you eat like an ant. <laughs> you know, the thing makes a huge, you know, picture uh, in your mind. He said, the best of the air, they neither sow nor reap, but the heavenly father feeds them. Jesus said it though. One day I sat down and I reflect. I said, Jesus, wait, 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 please. Let us, let us translate this into reality. What are you saying? He's saying, I didn't say you should not hustle. I didn't say you should not work. But there's a way you go about it. You think your life is dependent on that thing. And there's no other help that comes from it. Check well. With all your hustling, with all your running around, 90% of the things that happen is not because of your work. There are things that have so come into your life. You say, wow, oh God, thank you. You know that it's not your husband that caused it. It's not you have to say, God, thank you. Because God is more, more concerned about your case than the way... You don't even know your life. He created you for his own pleasure. He said, I'm the Lord that no, that provides for you. Paul said, my, my God shall supply all your needs. My God shall supply. He's a supplier. But when we get distracted and leave his main reason for the moment, which is his investment of a superstructure in you, and then you are pursuing this one, making your life to be the lower life, the lower life of just food, shelter, and family, and that becomes your primary reason for existence, you are slapping him on the face. You have devalued yourself. What is the problem to you? You know you have started already. This small, listen now. This small, small one we're doing now. You started. It's not about how long. It's not about when did you start. But even the ones you are getting now. Just imagine how many Bible quotations have I given today. If you wrote them and go back home and read them over and over and over. Until they click into your flesh and your spirit. That one enough is like a candle light in a big hall. You can light up the whole place. You don't need to do that, you see. But the ones you gather now, 
Because many years ago, myself, I also screamed this way. How can I? In those days, especially when we were listening to Farouzele, when he would stand and in the administration, no less than 200 quotations from him would have no book. We just say this one is a God. He's not a human being again. We don't need to follow him. Yes. But as we continued, you would think what is happening. I said it that when you will begin, I will not be on the scene again. You will see me again. But you will know. You say, hey, what I said it that time, what now is happening? Because you don't even know what is happening. They are, you are being built up. They are laying blocks inside you now. By the every word that you are, God is building you up. Your structure is being built up right now. And before you know it, when it is perfected and painted and furnished. <laughs> okay, let me, wait, wait, wait. I'm coming. Let's look at something. Let's look at Ephesians. Just to give a glimpse eh, of what is happening inside you. Eh? All right, Ephesians. Oh. I hope I'm correct. Ephesians chapter 4. Okay, let's read from verse 9. Are you blessed? Are you blessed? So that question, at that time, we're able to get clearance. You see, you know, it's a little bit dicey sometimes. There are, I'm sure there are days who come here. When we start teaching, you understand very well. When you get back home, it's like you are struggling to teach it. It's like the light has been turned off. Yes, it does happen like that. Because the forces online will do everything to steal that knowledge from you. That's sometimes when I come here with a fresh teaching, the Lord said, go back to what you taught last, last time. Go back to it again and again. Because he knows, he watches everyone and he knows what has happened. You see. He said, no, okay. Uh, so, let's, let's, let's read. <laughs> read loud, so loud I can hear you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That last sentence you mentioned there, he said he filled the universe with his presence. Who is with King James here? Okay, read that. Let me hear. Mm-hmm. Who filled? He who descended is also the one who ascended. Listen now, listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He might fill all things. He might fill all things. That he might fill Get it. All he might fill. Who will fill? Might fill. All things. What does that mean for you? Jesus will feel. So he feel this one, feel this one, feel this one, feel this one. Not just even only human beings, even creation. 
If you listen to the mass, sometimes there are some prayers we make that capture some of these concepts. You understand? That the intention of God after the passion that Christ has filled all things. Yes. He filled all things. He has done it already. But my people perish for lack of knowledge of what has happened. You get the point, eh? So, no, why I just asked, because I was waiting for that. Then you all say, he filled the universe. But King James made it understand that he filled all things. Some will say, some translators say, he filled all things in himself. He fills all things in himself. That is a very, very you know, technical language. Meaning that all things are inside him and he's filling them all from himself. So it means he is the bread of life. He's filling all things. Everything starts from him and ends in him. And so we are in him. He's the alpha and he's the omega and we are the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the church say through him, with him and in him. Now, this is our meant to provoke some picture in your mind. How do you see yourself? Are you seeing yourself in Christ or outside Christ? While you are driving, you are seeing cars. That's what the report of the eyes is giving you. Your faith is telling you you are not just seeing cars. You are inside a human being. You are inside a God. Paul said, it is in him we live and move and have our being. And the more you recognize that, the more your aeon receives the lordship of Jesus. <sighs> finish up, finish up. Yes, sister, you're reading some, some part. Continue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eleven. Louder, louder, louder. Lift your voice. Can somebody help her out, please? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now watch out. He's given assignment after he ascended and descended and all that. Eh? He's now giving uh, portions. You know, he's apportioning offices. Okay, some apostles, some what prophets. Uh huh. Mhm. Okay. Good. You see, for the what equipment, furnishing. That word equipment means to furnish. Is furnishing your superstructure. I'm standing here. I don't know which office I'm exercising now, whether it's an office of an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist. But what I know is that I'm building here. <laughs> I'm building not this type of building. Some of you are already feeling the impact. And that's why from time to time, once it's time, you are rushing. You are saying, hey, let me go, let me go, because I need to refill. Then there are, something is being built inside you. As we stand here, we are ministering spirits in words. is entering to you. What you hear creates a picture in your mind. As you understand it, it goes into your spirit. And then that thing is created. That's why the word not only informs you, it equally forms you. It does two works. The work of information and the work of formation. So at the end, you become what you have heard. That's why you don't joke with what you hear. So that I just let you to understand this. 
you are saying it's not about Bible quotation. It's about catching the picture. Catching the picture. Each one you catch and you're able to identify the quotation, write it, go back home, continue to ruminate on it. Read it over and over and over. Let the true picture of it be crystallized in your mind. Your soul will absorb it. It will build in your spirit. Now, if you have crystallized and you have picked, if you have intercepted, Romans 8.1, that says, Now, therefore, there is no longer condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set them free from a law of sin and death. If this becomes a reality in your mind and your soul has fed on it, as your soul receives it, it goes into your spirit. This very thing, a system is built in your soul and your spirit that commands the law of the spirit of life. That whenever I'm moving and the law of death comes, the Bible says, when the enemy comes against us like a flood, you don't need to pray. You are carrying you are a system. There is something in you that will rise up against it. Because that word has become a living thing in you. The word has taken flesh and it produces what it says. Jesus said, whoever feeds on me shall live because of me. And as I said, you don't know what has happened to you now. You are bothered about Bible quotation. What you just need to do is that anyone the Lord gives you, hold on to it. If you can hear it over and over and over, a time will come you will see that you have so much inside of you. And then when it begins to come out, you'll be shocked. I'm sure sometimes as you go out, you meet friends. Share with them what I have taught here. You'll be shocked that while you're talking, you will see Bible scriptures, Bible quotations, popping up. You will voice them, and your brain will tell you, are you sure it's correct? And you say, but please, what I'm saying, I'm not sure, but check it, check it. They'll check it, it's correct. Say, ah, ah. I didn't know that as I was talking again, and now I will come out again. Now, the Spirit is supplying you with the source. You see, sometimes when I'm teaching here, there are things I say, I didn't prepare them. I say, oh, read this Bible question. It comes up that way. And that's how the Lord trains you and you see yourself growing. Growing. Allow the Lord to finish the work He is doing in your life. You only to hold the superstructure, hold the identity hold your life. And it will do so much in your life. Amen. 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 Yes, my brother, yes? I have a question from this uh, Now, let me just sit down. Did you need anybody to tell you you're a man? You just grew, and then as you grew, when you were much younger, did you know you're a man? No. But as you grew, the future started manifesting, and then you began to say, I'm a man. You just come to know. That's how it, has, that's how it is. I know who I am there, but I don't, I don't want to mention it. Because <laughs> I was saying, I don't know what I'm a person, or this or that. I know my own. Okay, you get a point. Uh-huh. And once it comes, you you don't you can't you can't resist it. It's a calling. It's like a, an assignment given to you. You just see yourself being prepared, but you must grow. You must grow into this office. You don't give children that office. They will mess it up because they are 
they, they, they will puff up with pride. They don't have the knowledge of God. So we must grow in the superstructure. First, become conscious of what you have. Live in the attitude of gratitude with this structure you have. You have this nature. My nature is Christ. My life is Christ. My spirit is Christ. And so every day, Christ's consciousness is in your mind and your soul and your spirit. Fear will come. You say, no, Christ's consciousness. Jesus is Lord. Because when you begin to grow in the superstructure, you establish the lordship of Jesus. So it means Jesus has filled your life with himself. He has filled your bones. He has filled your flesh. He has filled your blood. He has filled yourself. He has filled your family. Everything concerning your world is now governed by one president called Jesus Christ. When the devil comes and says, I'm entering your family to kill your son, he says, sorry, the lordship of Jesus. You know he is the governor of your life. You don't fret. You don't begin to say, Father, have you heard? They said that my son is going, Father, I stand now. And I commanded, no, 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 you don't do that. Someone has said, Father, after even they have told me this, I prayed and fasted. I commanded God to intervene and it didn't see happen. Father, where is the problem? <laughs> the problem is that you have not grown in the superstructure. Because the super. It's, not, it's like, a, it's like this, this boy here saying, I'm going to build my house tomorrow. Oh, what will happen? You start laughing now. Right? Why are you laughing? Eh? Hey, so you were just saying it. Like the boys, I said, Father, you are decreeing. They will laugh at you. Elements of this one say, Who are you? You are saying a baby. Galatians chapter 4. Oh, yeah. Open it. Galatians chapter 4, from verse 1. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If you are there, you can read, please. But listen to me. As long as the hair is not of age, he is not different from his name. Stop. As long as the hair. Because by virtue of the superstructure, you are automatically an heir to everything that Christ has. What's an heir? An inheritor. Do you beg to have it? No. no. It is already yours. By nature. Is that correct? Good. By nature. You have access to those. He now says, as long as the heir, that inheritor, is what? Is underage. Is not of age. He is still a child, and is not different from what? Can you imagine that? You are a child of God, bona fide child of God. You are an inheritor of all that Christ has, but because you are not of age, <laughs> you say you are not frail, you are not far, you are not different from a slave. So the treatment they give slaves. It's the same treatment they give you. Can you see where the problem is? 
It is the growth in the superstructure we have been talking about since. So now, this child, this hair of God that is under age, or that is not of age, and that need to have access to things, what should be done to that child? Eh? What does he need? What is the most important thing he needs? Eh? That child, <laughs> he needs to grow. So what, what does he need? So what is his need now? Milk. So the only thing he needs is food to grow and wax eh, strong. So why is he asking for car? Why is he asking for house? Somebody's that story being told from heaven now. So they will keep, keep giving you petty petty. Say grow, 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 grow. Then when you have grown, they give you the key to the store. As long as, let me tell you, do you know why it's so difficult? Now go down again, Lubis. My daughter, please keep reading. You will see the bigger picture. Some although, of you. Uh -huh. Although he's the owner of what? Everything. Do you hear that? Who are they talking about here? Who is that hair here? Who is that hair? They say you have, you are the owner of everything. Now, do you believe this in first? They, listen, listen. Uh -huh. As a result, your co-hair with Christ and uh -huh. all those things you're asking is a right to you. You don't have to pay for them. That's what I want. That's what I'm saying. But what I'm saying now is this. It's your right. But you cannot possess your possession. Even if you know. Even if you know. You are immature. You are immature. Listen now. Listen now. Sometimes, man. You argue right too, but why you, you overfire? <laughs> you know, you know. Sometimes you overfire. Hmm? We are saying the same thing. You get the point. So now you can hear what the scripture says. He says, even though he owns everything. <laughs> so if you own everything, why all this begging? You are begging yourself. <laughs> Why are you begging yourself to take what is your own? So, the day I got this, the day I read this many years ago, something struck me. I said, what I need now is food. What is that food? The word of God. That is when I started consuming scriptures. I started feeding myself. I said, what I need now is to grow. My prayer points reduced. <laughs> my long hours of praying and binding collapsed. Not even it collapsed. I say I'm not talking to any devil again. Because my talking to him, the more you talk, the more he laughs at you. Not like this boy. The boy, the boy come and say, that fact, I'm going to buy a car tomorrow. I will just look at this one. But if he's 17, 18, and, he's, and he has gone to school, and he came out of first class, and he's the best in the country, and he said, I'm going to buy a plane tomorrow. I will believe him. Because I, there's a potential inside of him. He has proved himself. So I began to. I cut down all the requests. I was asking God, hey God, heal me. God, do this. I cut everything down. I studied in the scriptures. In the scriptures. And at a point, I had issues with the group I was with. 
Easter will come for prayer, they start buying the devil from here to Jericho. So when I just decree, I sit down. They said, what is wrong with you? The devil is after us. I said, don't worry, continue. At a point, I could not continue with them because I was now on a higher frequency. We will go for program and say, ha, witches have come. Yes, it's true. Their visions were correct. Witches have come and they are polluted everywhere. Father, you need to sprinkle holy water everywhere. They saw it is correct. But they are operating with the moon. Now I'm operating with the light, the sun. And I said, I don't need to sprinkle water in the whole field. The, the Lord said, I am the light of the world. If I step into that field, everything, the law of life in me will nullify the law of sin and death. You see, the two laws know themselves. I only carry one. And then when he comes, he knows what to do. They say, you don't believe us. And they will tell me, Father, you will see what will happen to you. We are telling you it is unbelief. When I come to when I begin to pray and the spirit of God start picking people, picking people and half of people on the floor vomiting things some moving like snakes some hopping like dogs and demons are coming out after they will say how, how did they do this so one day they say father what happened wow, what do you know I said go and eat food Stop fasting. Go and eat food. And they will think it's physical food. <laughs> so, and that's why each time you come here, I will spend close to two hours feeding you. I will pray small. But you don't know. They are growing robots, but you don't understand yet. Very soon, when we put the fire, <laughs> when we put the fire, which is as we are moving in this realm of growth now, I said this year, we are going to do baptism with the Holy Spirit. We are going to have life in the Spirit seminar. And then we will ask the Holy Spirit, have they grown? Yes. Give them the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Because now you have been able to withstand the training and the superstructure have been polished and then you've been furnished. You see? So I'm furnishing you all the things you need in your mind, your soul. I'm furnishing you now. That's what we just read. Yeah? By the equipping of the saints. So it means the saints need to be equipped. That they are born again. And with this life is not enough. You need to equip them with relevant information. And realities of the spirit. That makes the huge difference in their lives. Are we still there? Please, can we finish up that part? Of Ephesians. Uh-huh. Equipping the saints. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. You see, so he's equipping you so that you can be effective in your witnessing. You cannot go. If a sister will call you, hey, or tell you, you heard that they say he's sick. Say, hey, yeah, hey, let me just go there. Let me just go there. You didn't pray serious, so. You say, yeah, sorry. I just commend the hand of God. You just make one casual prayer. But because you have grown, you represent the system of God. On account of your growth, God will bank on your energy to give help somebody. You will lift your hands and pray and intercede. Things will begin to happen. Because you have come of age. You can now be pregnant and be able to carry a child in the spirit.
on account of that, you don't need to ask God for things. God knows that you are representing the kingdom. He said the battle is not yours. The battle is mine. You will see that all the time of the time you spend for pleasure. Ah, let me. You will be. You notice that you begin to hate those things. You begin to value your time with God. You will see serenity following you. Sickness will be like fear will not be there. There's this confidence that enters you. The Nigerian is Nigeria is sinking. He is sinking. You know that it's a kingdom that sustains you. There's a superstructure. You are in this world. You are not of this world. When the devil comes, what he sees is that rock. Peter, Jesus, Jesus said, anyone who builds his house on it is like a man who built his house on rock. Flood came. Water rose and hit against the house. And it stood. Why? Because the house is built on the superstructure. Superstructure. Don't forget superstructure. When I say, are you on a superstructure? You should know. And so the only assignment you have is to keep the integrity of the superstructure. That's the last thing I'm going to share with you right now. Celebrate. This is a few. Honor this superstructure by being conscious of it every day and be happy that you are with it. Sometimes when you manifest what the values of this superstructure, they will laugh at you. Sometimes when you say a word that is not consistent with the superstructure, you withdraw it. Say, Father, I'm sorry for saying what I just said now. It's not consistent with my superstructure. You don't insult again. Anger will come. The Bible says you can be angry but don't sin. Mm. Walking in sync with the laws of the laws of life in Christ Jesus. Walk in sync, sync. Yes. In line with all this is sometimes is not consistent with the with the superstructure. Because your your mouth becomes the doorway to which it expresses itself. Harbor anger, pain. Envy, you have to start detoxing yourself. It's a command I love this for anyone who honors this superstructure. We are condemned not to hate again. Even when there's enough reason to feel pain. Do this consistently for six months and watch yourself. Just six months. See it as a project. That's how you grow. 
The devil will stir anger to come. You will provoke people to make you angry, to make you say words that are negative. The devil will stir up the vision around you to make you lose sight of this reality and make you to be more attracted outside. This superstructure, when you honor it consistently, will dry up sickness in your body. It will dry up sickness. Sickness will come. And they say, sickness is a gem. The gem can see that surpass of everything. I tell you the truth. When you start honoring the superstructure, things that have been in your system that are not allowing the, the, the true nature of your life to remain manifest, it will start eating up gradually. As it grows, to mop up your life. To mop up your life. All of a sudden, you notice that, hmm, I just, feel, I just noticed that my life is getting lighter and lighter and lighter. It is because you are honoring the superstructure. Sometimes the superstructure will say, hey, today, fast. You see? <laughs> today, don't eat anything. Uh, hi. You say, shh. Don't eat anything. Just say, Yes, sir. Just honor. It will not kill you. It's just asking your consent from you. It's a little, little sacrifice. Listen to the instruction. The superstructure can speak a lot. He will tell you, if you get office today, don't talk. He said, but why? You just hear that voice. Then you get office, you forgot. After three hours. Somebody just came and accused you of saying something that, hey, you rose up and hey, you blasted. And then people came and was holding you. Then when you just sat down, but I told you not to talk. You have violated. It's a sweet life, I tell you. It's a sweet life. Initially, it will be painful. But when he begins to find confidence in you, you'll be shocked. All the people have led to this realm till today. They have not forgotten you. Lecturers, couples, all over. They are receiving the testimony of what is happening in their lives. The superstructure at the point will tell you, as you are now, your place is being prepared in heaven. And as you grow in it, even your crown, they can show you your crown. These are not strange things. It's just because we're not growing. When we will not be, do, do the do the do the battle of the Holy Spirit and God begin to open your eyes, you will sleep. Something happened today when I was saying mass. I nearly said it. My brother died. My brother has died. I saw him yesterday. No, no, no. My brother, priest, that died in, 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 in Spain. When I was missing this morning, there was something I was saying. Then I wanted to say it. He said, no. I saw him yesterday. Because I took his case and I began to, to talk with my brothers about it. And he came to tell me something. If you are in line with the superstructure, you will be shocked. You will now see that this life this one is a small one. It's a bigger one. And your confidence will be more on the other side. 
Five minutes for holding on to someone. When Paul said, I count all this as rubbish, he saw who he was there. He said, No problem, I will make my basket here. It's not for a few days. He said, To leave his Christ for that is even better. <laughs> because he saw something. But those who have not seen it, they hold on to this one. And see, when they're going, it's like they're dragging him to. You are going. You say, Boy, come down. My money, where are you? <laughs> and you leave it there. And some who didn't know how you started. You'll be sharing it and spending it for useless. You are in the grave crying. You will come up to that realm where God will show you who you are in Him. I tell you. Then this Christianity will make sense to you. To make Three things to you. You'll be contented. Thank you, Father. Precious Holy Spirit, we glorify you. Thank you for the glory of your majesty. Thank you for the power of your presence. And I thank you for all you have prepared for those who love you. Thank you for your hand that is upon our lives right now. You've designed it from eternity. But in a time like this, your people will be gathered and your name will be held high. You have continually poured out yourself, nourishing our souls, inspiring us, building us strong, tearing down the walls of darkness that blinds us. And every day, stirring up in us the great grace that we invested in us. The grace of your son. The grace of eternal life. Your love has been poured out and life has been given. We have received that life. We live in the realm of that life. We live in the joy of that life. We live in the peace of that life. And we know that all of that, as we have that life, every other thing is ascribed unto us. And surely they are ours. They will come our way. Everything will work for our good. No devil can stop it. No demon from the pit of hell can stand against what you have ordained for your people. And so in the name of Jesus, Father, even as you have poised beyond measure at this point in time, to take us in a new ride, where you will begin to train us to grow, where you can now begin to entrust to us things that are valued in heaven, that have impact on it. Heavenly Father, King of glory, may your knowledge, may your grace, may your wisdom Continue to grow in us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. For you say wisdom speaks to her children. Because we have become children of wisdom. Wisdom speaks to us. Mysteries have been laid open to us. And on account of the mysteries that you bring, you are turning us to become men and women of mysteries. Our life will carry the mystery dimension of the kingdom in the name of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, by virtue of this knowledge and mystery you are putting in our spirit, that you are bringing to bear with reality in our lives, O oh God, you say that darkness will not comprehend us. I don't know, O oh Heavenly Father, the agenda of darkness against your sons and daughters who are here. And as many who are connected, O oh God, to this center in the area of advancing the kingdom, Heavenly Father, King of Glory, we decree by your word that we remain incomprehensible, 
in the agenda of the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ. May the joy of the Lord be your strength. May that joy ooze out of you like a volcano. In your sleep, you'll be overwhelmed by the joy of the Lord. When you are awake, the joy of the Lord will erupt out of you continually, like a river flowing out. The Bible says we have the peace of Christ that is, you know, inexplainable. The peace of Christ will overwhelm us in the name of Jesus Christ. On account of what we are doing, oh God, they will decree there shall be no sickness. And anyone who is sick, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Let the nature of Christ eat up every infirmity, every sickness in your blood, in your bones, in your body, in your organs, now in the name of Jesus Christ. Precious Father, by virtue of your life, you have made us heirs, not just of the things in heaven, or hairs of the things on earth. And so, Father, we thank you. You have blessed us. And so that which you have, you have created to us, we take hold of it now in the name of Jesus Christ. We command that from the north to the south, from the east to the west, that the spirit of provision, we come to honor of people who are here today, who have cried unto you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Whatever has been credited to them, may they take hold of it. May there be a network of the Spirit that will bring them to bear with the realities of all that you have promised them, ranging from financial blessings to material blessings to spiritual blessings to opportunities that you have organized and ordained for your children in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Because you have raised us at this point in time, oh God, as children who have been favored by God. And if God has honored us, no man can dishonor us. The people you have erected at this point in time to be networked to also Heavenly Father, even in our pregame journey, to meet up with the needs of your people, we pray at this hour that the ministry angels of God will invade their chambers, oh Heavenly Father, and begin to put in them, quicken them to carry out the assignment in line with the agenda you have for your people in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Precious Father, we rebuke the blanket of darkness. We rebuke the blanket of violence. We rebuke the blanket of evil spirits and contending forces that are causing havoc, decadence of different degrees in the life of men and women in our world, in our city, in our estate here, even in our Christian community. Oh, Heavenly Father, may your works, may their pumps be brought to naught in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I decree there shall be no death. There shall be no deterioration. There shall be no corruption. The life of Christ swallows up every death mystery in the name of Jesus Christ. Precious Father, you said on account of who we are in you, that the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut short. Precious Father, thank you because I know that even as we are here right now, our intentions as individuals you have honored. For you are the God who does who does more than we can think of or even imagine because of your power at work in us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Bless our children. Bless their going. Bless their coming. May the angels that you have assigned to them continue to minister life unto them. That the darkness in this world will never touch them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. 
precious for the king of glory. Our homes will sanctify again. We rededicate to you that our homes may not just be a place of rest, but also a place of praise. We raise our homes as altars of sacrifice. Where when your people come together, oh Heavenly Father, they are connected to you eternally. Where angels will be ascending and descending. And so far we decree and declare that our homes shall be a place of divine visitations in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says the posterity of the righteous shall be delivered. We have brothers and sisters. We have families. We have parents. Oh God, many of them have not come to understand the graciousness of your love in the gospel. We pray, oh God, that they be delivered. They be delivered. That the light of the gospel will shine in their hearts. That the hold of darkness may be broken. The hold of elemental spirits. The hold of rudiment spirits. And all forms of negative forces contending the souls of men and women will be vanquished in the name of Jesus Christ. A thousand will fall by our right. Ten thousand will fall by our left. But in the Lord's name, we crush them. We crush them. We crush them. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Precious Holy Spirit, heal our minds. That the superstructure God has deposited in us, we may come into alignment with it. That we may discover the great and mighty thing the Lord has done in us. And like Mary, we can say the Almighty has done great things in me. Holy is his name. That every day our consciousness will be dominated with this wealth of your grace in us. That you have loaded us so much that we know that we are internally loaded. We are externally guarded. We are too heavy to be pushed around. You have made us a pillar of bronze. You have made us a fortified city. And so far, King of glory. Thank you because your word has come alive. Come, thank God because your word has come alive. May our faith continue to stand strong with a direction for victory, for honor, for glory in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that those who trust in the Lord, they are like Mount Zion that cannot be shaken. 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 shaken. Precious Father, in the name of Jesus, we shall not be shaken. Anything that pertains to us shall not be shaken. Our children shall not be shaken. Our families shall not be shaken. Our finances shall not be shaken. Our career receives a new vista and shall not be shaken. The agenda of life which you have for us shall not be shaken. Precious Father, our plans and purposes for life shall not be shaken. Our health shall not be shaken. Everything that concerns us we prophesy shall not be shaken. As the mountain surrounds Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. Thank you for the glory of your Shekinah glory around us. We may not see it, O oh God, but we know that you are with us. For you have promised us, I will be with you until the end of time. You are a faithful God from generation to generation. Precious Father, King of glory, on account of this, your presence, we know the victory is ours in this battle of life. That the whistle will not be blown until we have been declared winners, even as we are in the battle right now, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you.
Thank you, Father, because we are not alone. Thank you because you have sent mirrors of angels. Mirrors of princi- principalities. Mirrors of dominion. Cherubims and seraphim. Ministry angels who are assigned to work out our salvation for us. They are ever with us. I pray at this hour, O God. As a priest, O God, I open the chambers that intervention angels will continue to be ministering to your people and be with them in all things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Even as you will that all eyes be open to see your glory, may your children's eyes be open to see the ministry of angels as angels ascend and descend in their situations and life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Bible says that the angels respond to the word of God swiftly even as your word has come today. As your children have rediscovered themselves in God with a glory that no eyes have seen, no ear has heard, no heart has, con- has conceived. Precious Father, King of Glory, may your angels be there to bring this to fulfillment in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You are protected. Amen. You are blessed. Amen. You are fortified. Amen. The grace of God is upon your life. Amen. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. We give you all the glory. We we'll give you all the honor. We we'll give you all the adoration. Be thou exalted forever. In the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.